listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. BFF looking good, looking good, looking good. So tonight I want to talk about the power of friendship. Can you say that with me? The power of friendship. The power of friendship. Meaning by that is having the friends and being the friends that other people need. How many knows that it's not about just having friends? We need to be the friend that other people need too. And I just really believe tonight we're going to give you a lot of help. I, I, I want to challenge you right now. You need to take notes in church. Please get your iPads out, your cell phones, whatever. Get an offering envelope out of the chair in front of you. Rip it open. Take some notes. Do something. I think everyone should get a journal or a way that you can take notes in church. Because I just really believe that we're saying very important things for your life. Who thinks it's important to know how to choose your friends wisely? Who thinks it's important to be the right friend? Anyone with me? So we're going to talk about that tonight. And I'm going to start with this statement. I think this is pretty cool. And and I came up with this one today. Is that okay? This is me. Is that okay? Look at this. Everyone needs a friend, but not everyone is your friend. Can I have an amen? Everyone needs a friend, but not everyone is your friend. I want you to remember that. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 2, 18 through 20. It says, And the Lord God said, It is not good. Say with me, not good. It is not good that man should be alone. It's not good to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. The New Living Translation says, I'll make him one who is just right for him. So out of the ground, verse 19, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and he brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. Verse 20, so Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, to the beasts of the field, but for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. New Living Translation, but there was still no helper that was just right for him. So for the sake of time, God put him to sleep. God took a rib from his side. God perfected man. All the ladies shout, Amen in the house. Uh, He practiced with man and he perfected it with woman. He brought her to him. He introduced him and Adam looked at her and went, wow, man. And that's where the name woman came from. You just wanted to know that. That's where it came from. But notice this. God also gave man instruction. 
as husband and wife, as male and female, God gave them instruction. Listen to the instruction he gives them. Genesis chapter 1, 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. Now here's my point. Here's where we're going tonight. Are you ready? Verse 28. Then God blessed them. Who wants God's blessing upon your life? I want God's blessing upon everything I do. I want God's blessing upon my friendships, my life, just every aspect. God blesses them and God says to them, here's the blessing that he's given mankind. He commands them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over it. In other words, God says, I've placed you in control, that man is in control, ordered by God. Here was what I want to present to you today from what we've just read. The foundation of any relationship and the foundation of any friendship needs to be this, to be fruitful and to multiply. Any and every relationship that we're a part of needs to be a life-giving relationship. Now, I know in this particular instance right here, he's speaking to Adam and Eve to procreate. He's talking about them populating the world. But I believe what God has just said here is in more depth than just for a marriage relationship. I believe that God is telling us in our relationships Period. Guess what? It's not good that we're alone, God says. But what do I want? He says, I want you to be involved in relationships that will bring life. That will bring life to you. And I really believe that talks about the friendships that God wants in our lives. I want to be around people that's going to bring life to my life. I want to be around people that are going to energize me. I want to be around people who are going to challenge me. I wish I had a witness in the house. I want to be around people who want to encourage me. Hey, listen to this one. I want to be around people who correct me. Because you know what all those things do? They add to my life. They change my life. They alter the course of my life. And I really believe that's the problem so many of us have. We're not surrounding ourselves with life-giving relationships. We're in life-taking relationships. The foundation of relationship, God says, man shouldn't be alone. But God says, you better make sure the people you're connecting yourself to are being fruitful and multiplying and producing life. Because if they're not, then the blessing of God is not going to be upon that relationship and upon your life. You and I need to have friends that are going to produce life. They're going to make your life better. But guess what? They're going to also make you better. And as a result, you're going to make their life better. It works both ways. And I want to be that. Too many people are looking, I know especially when it comes to marriage, but also in friendships, too many people today are looking for a relationship to complete them. If I can just find someone, then they will complete my life. Because that's what I need. I need that in my life. I'm telling you right now, the only one that can complete your life is Christ. It's only in Him. He is the only one. Why? Because man is not your source, but God is. Here's the problem. If man is your source, what happens if man turns off the switch? You're left in darkness. 
But when God is your source, one thing we know from God's word is this. God's never going to turn the lights off on us. God's never going to take the power. God's never going to relinquish about His promises and blessings upon our lives. Why? Because He's spoken. Now, we may choose to unplug our lives. Come on, it's a whole different message right there, isn't it? We can say, bad God, bad God, but we're the ones that's unplugged ourselves. He's a constant source in our life if we'll stay tapped into Him. And what source does He want to be? John 10, verse 10, the thief, the devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, the reason I've come is what? I want to be in relationship with you, but through relationship, what does he say? I want to be life. I want to bring life. Do you see relationship is life? It's life to us. And he doesn't say, I don't want you just to have life. God says, I want you to have a surplus of life. God says, I want you to have a life of abundance. Back to Genesis, that's where God says that there'll be blessing and we'll be fruitful and multiply. As He gives us life through relationships and right relationships, there is a yield, there is a blessing, there is a produce that happens in each and every one of us. And God's goal, or literally the purpose of relationship with Him is this, that we'll experience life. That's what He wants to give us. And we know that's true. Because we've lived two lives. Many of us have lived both lives. What do I mean by that? We've gone our own way and thought we were living life and thought this is great. Puking our guts out, bent over a toilet after we've been out on this town all night. Waking up not knowing where we are. Wow, that's really living life, isn't it? We thought we were living life. It was a mere existence. But when we found Christ, it didn't mean automatically everything fell in place. It didn't mean there wasn't any more cloudy days and there wasn't any more rain in the sky. But something changed inside of us. And we know that we have life now like we've never had before. We know that that void inside of us was that God-shaped void that we needed to connect us to life. And even in the toughest, roughest days, the promise that we have that He'll never leave us or forsake us is life enough to energize us and to bring us through. Why? Because we're going to experience dark times, even with God. But remind yourself, they're only part of the journey or the pathway. They're not the destination. We're still going through it. Yea, though I walk through, it's a pathway through. I'm going to make it to the other side. Why? Because God's preparing a table for me in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy, life shall follow me, shall be with me all the days. Why? The product of relationship has to be life. Our relationship, starting with God, needs to be fruitful and producing. And that's why we need to monitor our involvement with other people. You see, there's really three levels of friends. And I'm just saying a lot of things that you know. There's three levels of friends. There are those who are above you. There's those that we want to call the neutral friends around you. And then there are those who are below you. It doesn't mean you're better than them, but those underneath of you. One thing we know about the people above you is they tend to be the ones that fill your life. They pour into, they speak into, they breathe into your life. The neutral friends around you are the friends you kind of hang with. You, you kind of enjoy it. They don't really take from your life. They don't really build your life. You just do life together. But then the third type of friends beneath you are what we want to call the drain. They will suck you dry if you don't watch. 
So what do we see in the filling, in the hanging, and in the draining, above, neutral, and below? What you've got to watch is, you've got to watch your intake and your outtake. Because if you're with people beneath you for too long, they're going to suck you dry. If you're around people who are neutral, you're going to become stagnant too. You've got to be around other people that are going to speak into you and bring life to you, so you now in turn can give life to other people. Because God said it's not good for man to be alone. Why is that? Because God made us for relationships. Get off that because a lot of people say, oh yeah, well I've got to get married then because it's not good. God's not just speaking about marriage here. It's more than that. Marriage is the most intimate of relationships, but there are other relationships that you and I need in our lives. Look at this warning, Proverbs 18.1. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desires. He rages against all wise judgment. Sound wisdom is out the window. From who? A man who isolates, doesn't want to be around, seeks his own desires, his own way. And what does he do? He is kind of crazy. His judgment is off. His decisions are off. His life is not where he needs to be. Why? Because he was made to have it come into him and to come out of him. He needs life to be breathed in and he needs life to be breathed out. Satan's ploy is to separate you. Satan's ploy is to destroy relationships. He wants to break families. He wants to break life from you. Why? Because he knows if he breaks you, just what we read, you're going to start making stupid decisions. You're going to start doing stupid things. A lot of you wouldn't be in the problems that you've had in life if you had the right life-giving friends around you. And so we've got to realize that. Look what it says in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. It says two are better than one because they have good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he will have no one to help him up. Again, if two lay down together, they will be warm. But how can one warm someone Alone. Come on, I just want you to know that's not a scripture to promote or justify a promiscuous lifestyle right there. Well, pastor said, how can I be warm? I've got to have someone land with me. Come on, read the whole context of what we're talking about. Don't take it out of context. Verse 12, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. The thought is this, one may get knocked down. Two maybe can withstand, but three is an invincible team. Why? Because it's not just you and a friend anymore. It's you and a friend and God. It's you and your spouse and God. It's you and God and someone. That connection that together is invincible. It's like a rope. Why are ropes so strong? Because they are strands that are woven together. The friendships of our life need to be that, that weave us together, that make us strong, that produce life. The power of proper friendships. And we can say proper friendships, but really friendship has to be this. I want your thought now, when you talk about your friends, I want you to ask yourself, is that life producing? Are they producing life to me? Because if they're not, they're not a proper friend. They're not a friend, period. And what needs to happen to them is they need to be retitled and they need to be repositioned in your life. 
You need to watch who you're calling your friends. You need to watch. Why? Because most at best are probably an acquaintance or someone you work with. So watch the position that you have. Watch who you allow to come in arm's reach. Keep them at arm's bay. Jesus taught a great story on friendship, and I'm just going to read it really quickly. And it says this in Mark chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. It says, And then they came to Jesus, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. The indication is, it doesn't really tell us, but the indication is, here's four friends who are taking their crippled friend to Jesus. He can't make it on his own. They've picked him up. They're taking him. They've heard that Jesus is nearby. Here's their moment. Here's their opportunity. They're taking him to Jesus. And when they could not come near who? Jesus. Say with me life. When they couldn't get to life, okay? Jesus is life. Remember that. He is life. When they couldn't get to the life because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where life was, where Jesus was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw what? Help me out. When Jesus saw what? Their faith. Not just any faith. The faith of friends. Life-giving friends who are speaking into your life. When you don't have the faith to believe, you better be around some other people that have the faith to carry you through those storms. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding today. You better make sure you've got some people that can hold your head up when you cannot hold your head up. You better be around some people that want to slap you upside the head and say, come to your senses, you're making the wrong decisions. Because when Jesus saw their faith, Jesus turned not to them, But Jesus turned to the paralytic and he said to him, what? He said, son, your sins are forgiven you. Then there was a debate, but we want to jump to verse 12. And immediately he rose up. He took up his bed and went out in the presence of them all so that all were amazed, glorifying God, saying, I love this. We have never seen anything like this. What? Never seen anything. I want that to be the testimony of life that we can bring wherever we go, that people can marvel and say, I've never seen anything like that. I've never experienced anything like that. And I know that can preach, and I've got to be careful because that's not really my points today. But what do we see about these friends? They did not wait for the right time. They made it the right time. I want to be around people that's going to make it the right time for me. That they will do whatever is taken. It wasn't convenient for them. It wasn't convenient for them on a hot day to carry someone on a stretcher. If you've ever tried to carry someone just even for a short distance, some of you probably thought about not even coming to church tonight because you had to walk on the parking lot. But think if you had to carry someone along there. You know what I'm talking about. It wasn't convenient for them. But what do we see? They would not be denied. They were willing to pay the price. Listen, they were even willing to fit the bill. Who was going to pay for the roof? You think the owner of the house said, hey, it's okay, I've got homeowner's insurance. There would have been still maybe a deductible to pay. They knew that in destroying someone else's property, they would have to pay for it. But they did not care. They were doing whatever they could. Why? Because they stopped at nothing except the result that they wanted. Listen to me. They were more interested in his outcome than their outcome. And here's the key. Are you ready? They did whatever it took 
to get him to Jesus. Who is Jesus? He's life. I want to be around people that will do whatever it takes to get me to life that will take me to life, that will stop at nothing, that will not be swayed by any circumstance or situation, because that's the type of friendships that we must have today. Do you have friends like that? Here's the question too. Are you a friend like that? It's not just about you. It's about other people too. Other people need you. And do you know the Bible tells us, don't have this scripture up here, but Proverbs 18.24, the Bible says, if you want friends, you've got to be friendly. If you want life-giving friends, you've got to be a life-giving friend. Well, I just want everyone to like me. Well, you better start being likable and start liking other people, because if you want friends, then change your tune. So I want to give you a friend checklist tonight. I said, okay, I want to give you seven characteristics or qualities of a godly friend. I want to give you seven characteristics of what needs to be present in your life, in my life, to be a life-producing friend. Are you ready? Point number one, there needs to be faithfulness. You need to be a faithful friend. You need to be a faithful person because what do we know about a true friend when everyone else has gone home? They're the ones that still buy your bed at two o'clock in the morning. They're the ones that still believe in you. They're the ones that still has hope in your life. Proverbs 27 verse 6 says these words, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Hold on a second. Yeah, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Look what it says in the New Living Translation. It says, Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. What are we talking about? A friend can wound us. Yes, they can. But I want to talk about the faithful wounds versus a normal wound. Can I tell you what a faithful wound is as a friend? Faithful wounds are those that will heal you. But an unfaithful wound is something that's going to destroy you. You've got to start seeing that you've got to surround yourself with faithful people that will love you enough to tell you the truth even when you don't want to hear it. You can get your feelings hurt. That's the wounds that we're talking about. Well, you hurt my feelings. Well, why did I hurt your feelings? Because you've been stupid. I'm trying to help you. Faithful are the wounds of a girlfriend. You ain't going out in that dress. If we said that, we'd be in trouble, guys. We know what we're talking about. But girls can say, why? Because they want to protect their friend. They don't want their friend going out and looking all crazy and silly. Faithful are the wounds. You can get offended. Well, I like this dress. Well, that dress don't like you. Anyone with me on that? (laughs) Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Why? Because they want to heal. They want to help. They're not about destroying you. That's why I think you've got to be very careful. And this is a bonus. It's not even in my notes tonight. I really think you've got to be careful who you take criticism from. Because if someone does not have your best interests in heart, they're not trying to build you, they're trying to destroy you. Listen to who's speaking into your life. Faithfulness is such a key factor of friendship. Point number two, are you ready? Integrity. Do do they have integrity? Is there integrity in their life? Is there integrity in my life? Because remember, we're not just looking at what we're looking in, friends. We're looking what we need to be as a friend. Are they trustworthy? Can I just help you with some things tonight? 
If they cannot control or manage their own life, how can they help and control to manage your life? I've got to say that again. If they can't have integrity to control their life and make the right decisions, what makes you think that they're going to have the integrity that's needed to help you make the right decision with yours? Proverbs 10 verse 9 says this, He who walks with integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will become known. What do we mean by that? Look at that. He who walks with integrity. He who has friends who have integrity. If I walk with friends of integrity, guess what? There's going to be security in my life. But if I walk perverted, if I walk with people who do not have integrity, guess what? All my ways are going to be known. What does that mean? My life is going to become open shame to others. Why? Because if there's not integrity in my life, it's not going to be what God needs me to be. Integrity has to be the beginning of trust. It's one of the beginnings of trust. Because without integrity, how can you really trust someone's words and actions? You know what's a great test in any situation? Put something to the test. Let adversity and trials come against you, against those around you. You'll really see the real person that comes out. And I'm telling you, no matter the circumstances or situation, no matter how hot it may get, integrity, if it's present, is always going to come and rise to the surface. And that's what you've got to see in someone's life. Do they have integrity? Do I have integrity? Number three, here's a good one. Are you ready? Are they hardworking? Are they hardworking? What is their work ethic? Look at this scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived Evil company corrupts good habits. You can get up every morning and be the hardest worker, but you hang around people who are not getting up. You hang around people who are not working. You hang around people who are talking bad. You're hanging around people who are doing bad. Guess what's going to happen to your good habits? They're going to fall by the wayside. You're going to find yourself what? You're going to find yourself depleting. You're going to find yourself compromising. You're going to find yourself in a deceived state because you're going to think you're really better than what you are. You know, the Bible speaks about work. If you would read through Proverbs, many times it talks about a lazy man like a hinge on a bed. It talks about the importance. In fact, the Bible even says it this way. If you don't work, you don't eat. And I know we may turn around and say, well, that's harsh. No, it's not. It's reality. Why is that? Because God puts great pretense on work, on working, on providing, on being what God wants. And I know there's exceptions to everything. I know people have disabilities. I understand all those kind of things. But many times those things can be a bigger excuse than a reason to do something about it. So we want to be around people. I want to surround myself with people that have great work ethic. I want to be around people that will motivate me to do better, to be more faithful. I want to surround me with people that are going to encourage me every morning to wake up and go to work. Not say, hey, boy, you need to call in sick. Why don't you call? You've got some sick days, call in sick. I want to be around some people that are going to steer me the right ways. Why? Because if I want the best, I've also got to be the best. So I've got to be hard work and I've got to be a great steward so I can be what other people want. Look what Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 says. I love this. It says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Whatever your hand finds. In other words, what's your gifting? What's your talents? What you have? 
your livelihood. God says, don't go into work and slack off. When you're at the grocery store, don't forget to put your cart up. Whatever you find to do, do it with all your might. Why? Because you're doing it to God. Because God says this, there's no rewards, there's no blessing, there's nothing that's going to happen when you're in the grave. Everything is right now. And what are you doing? You are building your life for eternity. You are touching other people with what you do. And it's amazing if you look through the Bible, there is very few times. In fact, I believe there's only one, Samuel. And that was kind of a different experience, but it's very few times do you ever see that God called someone from their bed. But you know when God appeared to people? When they were working, when they were out doing. When God called Elisha, what was he doing? He was plowing in a field. When God called Gideon, what was he doing? He was threshing wheat. When God called David, what was he doing? Taking care of sheep in a wilderness. Come on, I'm telling you right now. God calls those who are busy doing what God has given them, the talents, the strength, and the ability to do. Number four, you've got to look for friends who have got godly morals and values. It's very important. I think all of these are so important. But maybe some more than others. This is something I think is essential for a life-given relationship. Proverbs 27 verse 21 says this, The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold. What does it mean by that? They would heat up silver. They would heat up a furnace for gold. What would happen? All the impurities would break away and it would become a liquid state and all the impurities would be lighter than the heavy silver or gold. So they would float up to the top and then the silversmith or the goldsmith would take a pan and he would scoop off all the impurities. That's what it's saying there, that there's something that wants to purify our life. And guess what? It compares that to a man who is valued by what others say of him. Think about that. In the same way the refiner would clean those things, God wants our lives to be such. God wants our lives to be pure and holy. God wants us to be valued by what other people say of us. Meaning what? If we do the right thing and we have the godly morals and values, what are other people going to say about us? They can maybe lie about us, and they do. But the truth of us is what? We've got great morals. We've got godly standards for our life. And what should their indirect response always be? They should see Him in us. Because He's the life that we can give life to other people. You know, what we're talking about tonight, about having godly morals and standards and values, it's not really cool and trending today. But I'm telling you, it's still the best. Because if you live by God's standards, you will never be disappointed. If you don't stand for something, you're going to end up falling for everything. And why not set your standard high? Because God has a high standard. I want to be around people who know the word no. I want to be around people that when I say, let's do no. I want to be around people that say, no, no, you don't speak like that. I want to be around people that say, no, no, you don't go there. No, you don't act like that. No, 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 no. That's not who God has called you. I want to be around people who have morals and standards and values that will help me to make the right decisions and choices for my life. I'm going to say something now and listen really close. When I talk about someone having godly morals and values, I'm telling you right now, that doesn't mean that everyone you have to be a friend with is a Christian. Because some of the most ungodly people have 
godly values and godly morals. But watch, listen to me. Here's what I will say, and that is this. Remember, someone cannot take you where they are not either at or are not prepared to go. So again, watch your involvement because if they're not following the way of life, they cannot take you there, they cannot lead you there, and therefore they will not produce the life that you need in your life. Maybe you need to look at your friends and realize they need to be put down to the position of an acquaintance or just someone you work with. Here's number five. Is this okay tonight? Almost done. Number five, number five, quality, honesty, 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 honesty. Honesty is almost the same as integrity. And I could have put them together, but really the reason why I separated them is because I think integrity and honesty, we need a double dose of those. Really, integrity, I've labeled it, is is what you do, and honesty is almost what you say. And I know that you've got to have them hand in hand. But I want someone's honesty. I want someone to be around me to love me enough to tell me the truth. I, I don't want to surround myself with people who will tell me what I want to hear. I want to be around people who will tell me what I need to hear. I want people to be honest with my life. I love what Pastor Jerry said on Sunday. If you missed the messages, you need to listen on podcast. That is two incredible messages, Saturday and Sunday, that you must, must listen to. But on Sunday, he made a statement. He said, what is love? He was talking about love. And he made this statement, and I thought it was so good. He said, love is that which separates you from those things that you don't need to feed your life. Let me say that again. Love is that which separates you from the things that you don't need to feed your life. I want some loving, honest friends to be around me that are going to separate me from the things that are not going to feed my life and going to place me in the place where my life is going to be fed, my life is going to be whole, and my life is going to be life-giving, fruitful and blessed. Proverbs 12, 22. Look what it says. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. But those who deal truthfully are His delight. Those who are honest. Those who are truthful. They're the delight of the Lord. Number six, I want to be a confidant. I want to be a confidant. I want for people to have confidence in me. One thing I've realized is this, and I hope this will really help you. If the people who you're around are constantly talking to you about other people, it's probably a sure bet that when you're not there, they're talking about you to the other people. I'm going to just say that one more time because I think you need to hear this. If they are constantly talking about others to you, they are probably talking about you to others. You've got to watch the confidence. You've got to have a confidence. You've got to watch the best friends of your life. I'm telling you right now, in your life, you will probably have best friends that you'll be able to count on one hand. Growing up as kids, you have a best friend every other week. Remember that? Kids come home from school. I've got a new best friend. No, you don't have a best friend. They're just a friend or they're just someone who rides it. No, no, no. They're a best friend. A week later, well, where's your best friend? They aren't my friend anymore. Best friends don't check in and check out of your life. Best friends are usually there and they never leave. Because they're there with you. I've got best friends, and this may sound crazy, I've got best friends that I haven't talked to for over a year. 
You may say, how are they your best friend? Because I know whenever I need anything, if I ever need anything, I can go to them with absolute confidence. And when I talk to them, and a lot of the time it's just by voice chat, because he lives in Ireland, one of my best friends that I grew up, Robert Stewart. And I can voice chat with him backwards and forwards, and I wait for his reply. But it's like we've never left. It's like we've connected. It's like our lives have never been apart. I remember he lived hundreds of miles away in Ireland. I lived in England. I was going through something as a young man and I called him up and I was broken and I was distraught. And you know what he said to me? He said, Philip, I'll be on a plane tonight. And he was there and he said, I'll stay as long as you want. He didn't have paid leave. It cost him to pay to fly. It cost him to be off his work. But he says, whatever you need, I'm your best friend and I'm going to be there for you. Come on, I need people like that around my life. I need people. I want people that are not going to use my failures to destroy me. I want people who I can talk my heart to and share my heart with. I want people who can keep a secret. I want people who can be a secret for my life. But here's something else you've got to watch. Look at this statement. Don't use secrets to win friends. A lot of people are good at that. Well, if I just pour out my heart, they're going to have to be my friend. Don't win friends by telling them secrets. Because all you're doing is this. You're telling them something deep about you, then what? If you don't really know who they are, they're going to use it against you. Don't get to the, hey, if you tell, I tell kind of deal. You take the high road and you be bigger. Why? Because we're talking about being a life-giving friend. And guess what a real friend does? No matter what they do, a real friend keeps their mouth sealed. Because two wrongs, they don't make a right. Two negatives don't become a positive in this situation. Watch who you open up to. Watch who you tell your secrets to. Because in opening up and telling your secrets, you're really giving someone permission in your life. And really, by permission, I mean you're giving someone control over a part of your life. Watch who has control over your life. Watch who you have permission or who has the access codes for your life. Be really careful with that because in the wrong hands, giving permission to the wrong person, they can destroy you. They can break your life. Last but not least, are you ready? Number seven, I've gone over by a minute. Loyalty. I want a loyal friend. Proverbs 17, 17 says this, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. New Living Translation said, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in my time of need. Where did we start? God said it's not good to be alone. But God says, yeah, it's not good to be alone. But here's the type of friendships you need to surround yourself with. You need to surround yourself with friendships that's going to be fruitful and multiply. You need to surround yourself with people and friendships that are going to be life-giving. Check your friends. But don't just check your friends. Check your heart. And check your life. Because you better make sure that you're the right friend that someone else needs. Would you stand to your feet all over this place today? Hope that was okay for you today. Just great lessons. Come on, I want to be around people that's taking me to life, getting me to Jesus, no matter what. I want to be, I've got to be around things that think and ask yourself this, is this bringing life to my life or not? Don't try and justify it. It's either bringing life or it's not. There's not well kind of sorted. It's either is or it's not. 
You see, God's all about black and white. We've made the gray areas. Gray areas weren't meant to live in. God's about black and white. And we're not talking about race there. We're talking about right and wrong, heaven and hell, what we need to do, what we don't want to do. Not kind of sort of, I think, because God says the in-between is like vomit to me. Because God says, I'd rather have you hot or cold because anything in between is detestable to me. Come on, I want to be the right friend. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.